You're blinded by romance, you're blinded by science. Your condition is critically grave. But don't expect mercy from such an alliance. Suspicion of tradition, some new way. You need a bit of Usha Freeman. You're jumping like a real life wire. Need a bit of Usha Freeman. So look out, mister. Don't you blow your every sister for a sister that'll certify ya. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Film Seizure. I'm Jeff Arbuckle. I'm Jason Oliver. And uh, this week, we got ourselves a bit of shock treatment. Ooh, shock treatment. <laughs> yeah. That's so, all the singing you get from me. Yeah. Well, this, yeah. I mean, well, the movie the movie sings enough for everybody. The movie sings a lot. Yeah. It's, it's like there's very little no music in yeah. this movie. It's, it's almost pretty much... You know, song to song, like little yeah. strings of plot and dialogue to get to the next song. It's a lot of song, right? Singing, but a lot of short songs. Yeah, they're, they're not. Um, they're ditties almost. Not yeah, sort of vignettes. Yeah, in um, a way. So uh, some people may be like, "What the hell, shock treatment?" Right. So shock treatments, nineteen eighty one. It is the sequel to air quotes sequel. No legit sequel. To Rocky Horror Picture Show, kind of. No, it is. It, it. I mean, it is. It's the furthering adventures of Brad and Janet Majors. Sure. It's uh. So like, it, okay, okay. I will say that. Uh, but this movie stands on its own. Like it. Right. It, it's a sequel, like the James Bond movies are sequels. Yeah. It's not really dependent on Rocky Horror in any way, shape, or form. N- not really. Other than um, it's. I I kind of feel like this was probably. Maybe after they wrote this script. Now, this this sequel idea went through several iterations before it got here. Uh, but I would be curious if... Okay, so Rocky Horror Picture Show is Brad and Janet kind of in the midst of their... Uh, of the height of their love for one another. Yeah. This Aren't is, they almost like newlyweds? Are they on the honeymoon in that? Uh n- Well, they get, they get engaged at the start of that. Okay. So I don't... Man, it has been a okay. little while since so, I've been. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, yeah. But basically, to it, any it, to all the fucking Rocky Horror fanatics out there, forgive me especially because <laughs> I've seen a lot more recently. Because than you. I haven't seen it. I probably haven't seen it since I Virgin saw it in the theater, right? Oof. Yeah, man, I'm glad I saw it at home and not in the theater. <laughs> um, well, I saw it before that. Oh, okay. But I never gone. They do the whole thing with the virgins. I didn't. I, I didn't participate. I was also one of those nerds who was like, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not big on. I'm not big on audience audience yeah. participation in general. But um, but I did see it in a theater once, and I've just never really liked it. I just don't really quite get it. Um, it's fun, but not that fun. Uh, so forgive well, clear, me. Clearly, you have issues with gender identity and. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, I just, I just don't get it. I'm not woke. Um, you want to sing that one song that Janet's dad does in this? Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) That's that's funny. That was like probably one of the funniest jokes in the movie. Um, but uh, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't have this strong like distaste or hatred for Rocky Horror. It's just not my thing. Um, so forgive me. I'm not coming into shock treatment with with a ton of love for Rocky Horror. 
although i mean we've talked about this before i think you waver on the line as far as what you like in musicals yeah yeah but, but so rocky was, rocky horror really honestly pretty kind of lines up with what i would think i would like sure it's just maybe a little wackier than i like maybe i don't, I don't know i you know i don't I yeah, wacky. I do. I really consider Rocky Horror Picture Show, quote unquote, wacky. wacky. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly it would be like to me either. But is it? I mean, is going to a uh, a, a drag queen show wacky? <sighs> no. And that's the feel I have here. You know, with with this, I guess I don't know. I mean, I think or with with Rocky Horror. Maybe maybe it's just. I don't even want to say camp because it's definitely camp. Well, it's purposely camp. But I like camp usually. Yeah. Um, when camp is done well, it can be yeah great. Um, yeah. I, maybe maybe honestly, it boils down to the music huh. because you know everybody loves Time Warp and everything. But I've that's never, not my favorite song in that movie. I'm not really big on the music in that movie, so maybe that's probably what it is. Is it? Yeah. It just if the music isn't working for me, the movie's not working for me. Yeah, fair enough. And it's probably why I love Phantom of the Paradise so much, because the love of the music. Right. Well, and we can talk about Xanadu and, and right. my love of that and, music. And that's absolutely right. fair, right? I mean, right. and again, it's it's all just, it all comes down to a matter of taste, right? Yeah, you can't account for that at um, all. So, so... I'm not. I'm not going to talk shit about Rocky Horror. Everyone who loves Rocky Horror, I don't want to take any any of that away from you. I I, th- I think it's awesome. It's he just, totally it's told just, me right before we started recording. He's taking it <laughs> I'm all taking away. It all away. But I. <laughs> he said all of you are stupid. But it's not. It's not for me. To, uh, yes. God damn it, Jeff. Ah, blowing re- me in. Revealing the secrets. Blowing me in. But uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's fair for anyone listening who is a huge Rocky Horror fan to understand my perspective. Sure. Well, okay, so, all right, so that makes me ask, we'll just get this out. What did you think of shock treatment? Actually, liked it quite a bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I think most people would say if they really, really like Rocky Horror, they may be shaky on shock treatment unless they just really kind of get into it, too. Um, it's, it's a good question of how much of a sequel is this. Yeah. It, it certainly carries on. With two of the two central characters, but it's uh, you know it's like whereas before they're they're very much in love and now they're in the doldrums of the relationship. I'd be curious if there was ever a thought to do a third story that takes them beyond that. Like you know, I don't know. I I don't know. It's 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 like a middle aged or well or just beyond. beyond just beyond the those doldrums and you know how did they sort that out. Right. You know, I mean, it's I don't know. It's it, it, there's there's a, a certain realism in in the relationship. Yeah. Of, of Brad and Janet that or at least the ideas that are that are played with where after a while the the love affair isn't really there anymore well, or it's, th- it's something else. Well, it's, I think, you know, love love kind of evolves. Right. right. And it it it's you know amazing and exciting and passionate and. You can't keep your hands off of each other, right? Which is Rocky Horror, and then it gets it does it. it, it, it Man, there are so many hands not able to keep <laughs> off of so yeah. many others. You know? <laughs> and then, but then it, it sort of evolves into a, or a crisis, right? A relationship has a crisis, and it's it's are we meant for each other? Are we not? 
and um and that love either evolves or it ends. separates it right. ends yeah yeah and so that's kind of what they play with here a little that's the through line the the most normal through line of this movie is yeah. that they're Brad and Jan are trying to figure out their future together basically sure but because they're Brad and Janet majors there is no normal world around them like for if it's not aliens trying to build the perfect man and and cross-dressing and having all sorts of extravagant parties it's this weird town inside of a television studio <laughs> that that ends up becoming this um it's you know that's the other thing it's like y- there's there's a certain uniqueness of each character in in Rocky Horror or at least there's a a a a, a sense of in in Rocky Horror you, you are to be yourself you know whatever makes you feel you know well the whole thing don't dream it be it you know just mm-hmm. be yourself be what makes you happy this is all very uh, homogenous it, it's it's um it, it, uh, or homogenized it, it, like everybody there is no real personalities within the people of Denton that this is set in it, it's kind of that weird it removes the the individuality of it which you could say that you know as you continue in a relationship you're not as special anymore as you were at the beginning you know everybody is curious about the new stuff and then once you've been around for a while together, it's yeah, that's just the, or or as special as you thought you were. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it too. It's like yeah, I mean nobody cares after a while because it's part of the life now. It's been it's been assimilated into yeah. the way that that's the way it is, you know, or whatever. Huh. 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 All um, right. So yeah. So you you said you told me as we were watching this that this movie was not originally supposed to be set in a tv studio yeah so okay there's there's some history behind what this was what the sequel was going to be so richard o'brien kind of who who was the co-writer of of rocky horror picture show wrote all the music for the most part at least wrote had a heavy hand in writing the the music uh wanted to do a, a sequel much more of a direct sequel called uh rocky horror shows his heels or something okay. like that and basically in this so somehow frankenfurter who was tim curry and uh rocky which was his creation were resurrected somehow um Dr. Scott and Brad, so Brad was, uh, uh, Dr. Scott was Brad's mentor. Uh, they have turned gay for one another. <laughs> okay. And uh, the the instance in which Janet and Frank had a role in the hay in Rocky Horror has impregnated her. Ah. Um, but nobody ever, nobody really wanted to, to just rehash the stuff that they had done. The guy who played Dr. Scott just wasn't interested in returning yeah. and bringing anything back to that character. It's like, we we did what we did, and that's what do we do. This was also, I mean, think about it also. This was a time in which sequels weren't that common. You really, not like direct sequels as much. Um, a lot of people feel like if you have a contained story, why do you need a sequel? Yeah. Um, 
And I think that was kind of the general feeling that eh, I don't really. Yeah. So what? Also, they, kind of feels like just too much of a good thing. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, you're trying a little too hard to re to recapture that lightning in a bottle. Well, well, yeah, and I think when we were watching this, I was uh, we we'll talk about this probably soon about how shock treatment was marketed, but but um, <laughs> but uh i said that that shock treatment felt felt a little bit like pandering but that feels worse right the the, the direct sequel you're talking about feels like a whoa, far worse form of pandering right so what they did was uh so richard o'brien had already written some of the songs so he's like okay well i'll just retool some of the songs retool the script into what was then called the brad and janet show okay. or the brad and janet majors show or something like that but basically it was now it's an idea that now you're following their life. And it's a little bit closer to shock treatment. Yeah. So then it went through another rewrite um, and really ultimately kind of settled on shock treatment. However, during during the process of what ultimately landed on shock treatment from the previous version, that middle version, um, Barry Boswick wasn't available anymore. He was probably making... Megaforce. Oh God! <laughs> I got this thing called Megaforce. Yeah, it, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, Susan Sarandon was now a rising star. Wanted more money, couldn't really give it to her. Um, Tim Curry was absolutely on board to play the villain in this, Farley Flavors. But then when Barry Bostwick dropped out. He dropped out also because he didn't feel like he could also play Brad. And that's an important part in this that yeah. that the guy who's playing Brad, Clifton Young, is also playing the villain, Farley Flavors. So, so Tim Curry minute. was like, I can't do an American accent that I feel comfortable with, so I'm going to drop out. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So were they, it was originally going to be Farley Flavors was going to be Tim Curry. Yeah. And Barry Bostwick was going to be Brad. Right. And they weren't going to be twins, right? Okay. Spoilers. Jeez. Oh, jumping geez. ahead. No. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of fucking obvious, right? <laughs> they, they, kind, they kind of spoil that a little early. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, okay. So then you've got <laughs> okay. So then, um, so basically, at that point, that's when they had okay. So we're going to go get. Jessica Harper, we're going to go get uh, Cliff DeYoung. Well, why could, wouldn't they just keep Tim Curry and cast somebody else as Brad? Uh, it basic. I I don't. I, don't I mean, you fully fucking got Tim Curry. Yeah, I don't fully understand. But like, basically, once Boswick was out, he just didn't. He want just it. didn't he want to do it. it. And 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 maybe that was just. Hey, if if it's, they're it's, in, I'm in. It seemed like kind of a troubled production anyway. Maybe he sort of s didn't really see the. Maybe, or maybe he was just, I mean, maybe he just had it in his mind that he wanted to work with the people that created these characters, and when he couldn't, yeah, he didn't really, his heart wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. Um, Fair. Uh, so you brought up trouble. So the next thing that happened <laughs> was they started filming in 1980, and the intention was they were going to film in the town of Denton, Texas. Which is interesting because in, in Rocky Horror Picture Show, there is a sign that talks about Denton, which is the home of happiness. It's like this idyllic um, uh, Pleasantville-like town. Yeah, uh, They even have their own anthem that talks about how 
they're uh, they're tolerant of the ethnic races. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But at one point, cheers when when it said that that the that Jana's dad hates Mexicans. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hates Mexicans and gay people. Yeah. Oh, basically anything that isn't white straight male. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, I wonder how that could fit into today's society. Yeah. Anyway, I, I kind of saw that though as this is jumping ahead just a bit, but I kind of saw that as his show that maybe isn't that popular in this in this yeah in this structure so, of this weird town that where everybody has their own tv show right so okay so so, so he's kind of like the crazy right-wing kook right who who probably has a small following in this town but most people are just kind of like whatever we don't watch that channel or watch that that show but the thing is though, it's like the tuning thing, into but, rush limbaugh maybe yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know because everybody watches everything basically <sighs> yeah it seems it's, that it's way a, yeah but, it's so we'll we'll, we'll dissect but yet they that don't, but minute. they talk about ratings later as well yeah, so yeah. there's definitely and i think an aspect of everybody has a show but some shows like Film Seizure don't get that many views <laughs> or listens. <laughs> but we still have a show. Right, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, we, we get on the horn with, with Farley Flavors or Carl's Jr. or whoever we can. Um, we need so, Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper, come on, Film Seizure. We're big fans. Oh, man. We, we'll, yeah, that'd be great. Will you make us stars? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, if Richard O'Brien wants to make us a star, that's cool. Dude. I, I go for that. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. So, so, so there was trouble in production. Right. So the intention was to film this in Denton, Texas. And then uh, I guess like a, there was a Screen Actors Guild strike in 1980. And it, it greatly affected the ability to... Uh, produce on location. So what they did was they just produced this in a TV studio. Uh, so what that did was it, it shifted the plot line of this probably into something that's a little bit more prescient. Uh, yeah. What, what probably was before was probably social standing, mm -hmm. social status. It then shifted to... It probably would have had a more sort of Pleasantville satire, right. type satire. But then it shifted towards this idea that um, your stardom uh -huh. is what makes you powerful or makes you desirable or makes you uh, more important and something to be uh, essentially worshipped. Yeah, it's a lot of is a lot of um, of uh, idol worship in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll we'll break that down a little bit more. There's but. there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a, I mean that's I think what I like about this movie the most. Um, is the satire is really good, and I think that if they hadn't been able to make this version of Shock Treatment, it would not have it would not have hit with me. It well, and it wouldn't. It certainly would have just been probably forgotten even more so yeah. than it was. Yeah, and I can see why this movie is sort of maybe gaining a little bit of momentum as a cult status even even greater than what it probably is not was you know 10 15 years ago right because in today's i feel like we always circle back around to it but yeah. in today's sort of social media climate this movie's got a, a lot of uh prescient aspects to it yes and uh right so basically <clears throat> what ends up happening is the movie opens with the idea that 
these people come into the studio and it's almost as if the world outside doesn't really exist. So these people come in and they sit down in the studio audience and they're going to basically live, breathe and eat Denton and uh, through the, the TV station DTV. Yes. For what? About 48 hours basically is how long the show or how long this movie is in, in, Real, t- you know, like in the real time, yeah, or whatever real time, whatever the real world is it's, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's over a course of a couple of days, right? A couple three days, maybe even. I don't so know. So they have. So Brad and Janet have joined in on this, on the studio audience. Are they? I don't think that they are residents of of Denton. Basically, the residents of Denton are either running Denton, have a show on Denton. Or are in the studio audience. Yeah, it's not super clear to me. Um, it's This movie is really, I, I said this while I was watching it, Jeff, this movie is really difficult to acclimate to because it's not super clear what the reality is and what isn't, um, where, what setting you're in when it moves from place to place. It's almost like it, it, it requires you to latch on the character. yeah. But even then, you don't know if they're performing for camera or if they're performing as themselves and where the, the line between those things blur and what commentary is that on you watching them, <laughs> Yeah, you know, in, the, in while they're not being filmed, but yet being filmed. Right. right. So it's uh, it, it's it's fascinating. Right. Yeah. So uh, Brad and Janet get uh, get picked to be on Bert Schnick's uh, Marriage Maze. And Bert Schnick's actually played by Barry Humphreys, who is Dame Edna, uh, for those who might remember that piece of oh, yeah. uh, 80s or 90s uh, uh, pop culture there. Um, but he is... Uh, Basically, the moment that they come on, it's just let's let's shit on Brad. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they. Uh, well, it's funny. I, I even get, gotta get sucked in, right? Like everybody's having a great time. They're singing their anthem, you know. Yeah. And Brad is like he's not, he doesn't know the words. He he, he has keeps, no rhythm. He has no rhythm. He keeps missing the claps, yeah. right? And uh, you could see Janet next to him getting kind of visibly sort of. Well, it's uh, annoyed like you're by him. by him. Yeah. by him, yeah, yeah, and um, because and I, he his he looks like a lump on a log. I mean, yeah. it, like he's even hunched and cross armed, and and I mentioned, you know. uh, man, Janet really just needs to dump this Brad guy, right? And Jeff was like, oh boy, well, yeah, you wait, yeah, because <laughs> that's basically kind of like the the whole rest of the movie right. deals with that relationship. So, uh, the prize that they win quote-unquote win i don't even know how they're playing the game but the prize that that is won is that uh brad is going to uh be committed <laughs> for mental uh for basically to get better mental health yeah he's he's, he's emotionally crippled he is, an is emotionally they, crippled they got away yeah. many many times to say that, that brad is an, emotionally crippled right uh just flat out saying he is an emotional cripple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's even harsher to say it like that. So that's where we meet the the town's uh resident uh mental health doctors, Cosmo Nation and um oh shit. Cosmo Nation. Oh, I can't remember Patricia Quinn's character, but the the nations. It's uh 
or no cosmo and nation mckinley that's what it is cosmo mckinley and nation mckinley yeah wow you pulled that out well i remember that because the uh, later the the revelation and mckinley being the the key to that revelation oh yeah um so so yeah so cosmo is richard o'brien patricia quinn is um is is nation Nation. dr nation mckinley yeah. yeah so oh real real quick my my favorite person in rocky horror picture show was always patricia quinn for some reason i was always really super attracted to her as the as kind of that zombie oh, kind of magenta yeah, magenta yeah as the as the as the maid you know it's yeah. like there was just something about her i thought was just hot i don't know anyway um <laughs> um so anyway so they basically very quickly decide that brad just needs to be locked up ever <laughs> <laughs> like they they basically want janet to to sign a contract that will basically give them rights over him forever and basically just throw him in a cage in, in the terminal ward no less yes it says terminal ward yeah and then, neons right and basically you're gonna throw away the key on him yep all of this is a plot to make janet a star to rise above brad so that farley flavors brad's unknown until uh until until like the last 10 minutes right until yeah. charles gray uh is able to sort this out um this this long lost twin brother who's jealous that brad has janet i mean he just has somebody that, to love basically yeah uh now farley is the guy who basically runs Denton. He's a fast food magnet. He took <laughs> over the town. And basically, again, this is where we get to that cult of personality idea that his stature, his uh, importance to this town has made him seemingly... Uh, um, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, basically, he's, he's placed on a pedestal above everybody else. He can never do wrong. What he says is basically law, even though assuming that there's some sort of sense of law here but he sees all he knows all he watches all and he decides what's best for the people of denton and in case you weren't sure that he's the villain of the movie they put a scar on his face fuck yeah they did (laughs) (laughs) interestingly enough cliff de young said he based his uh his his uh portrayal of farley uh around jack nicholson Huh. You can kind of see it the way he grins, that he yeah. says things a certain way that's very deliberate and slow. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, yeah, so basically he wants Janet for himself. So he basically is trying to um, make her the poster child for mental health that basically she is perfect. And, you know, therefore he'll basically be able to tear her away from. Yeah, it's a it's in a movie packed full of social commentary that one comes at the end it's this whole idea of sanity equals vanity equals the the path to righteousness basically yeah yeah Yeah. this idea of your own self-importance is what makes you um healthy yes it's uh and goddamn you don't have to go any further than instagram to yeah. see how people it's, it, it's, react to that it's, idea. it's that idea crystallized right yep and i mean and this was you know 30 years 35 years before something like that really yep. took it, it hold. Was, there was no even concept right it was just is you know i mean this movie is <laughs> told in sort of the context of t- television ratings 
which yes. is still very easy to understand. But we have gone far beyond that. Right. I mean, we have all these content creators. We have all these, I mean, people who aren't even creating content, who aren't even fighting for viewers or listeners. They're fighting for people to just like them. And some people. Because of the pictures that they take or their lives that they're leading. Well, they're influencers. You're right. I mean, they they want you to go to Fire Festival, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want my bologna sandwich. (laughs) Here's a fucking half ripped up tent and a bologna sandwich, fuckers. Um, Anyway. um, (laughs) I'm sorry, but there might not have been a better day in the last five years than when Fire Festival happened and all the social media was coming out about that. Man, I didn't even know what was going on. It shows you how much. I'm out of it, the it really truly felt like like the rich were eating themselves and yeah. it was just so fucking funny you know it's funny <laughs> when I watch the documentaries about that just another tangent here uh I didn't feel sorry for those fuckers who got taken not you, one, they, you not had the money bit. to be taken so not I don't feel bit. sorry for you I mean god yeah and and the fact that you know, it's like, well, I'm an influencer. My people are going to need to know what's going on. No, no, we don't. <laughs> we no, really we don't. don't. And, and if people really need that, man, I feel sorry <laughs> yeah. for you guys, man. Um, I mean, like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, please listen to our show. And yeah, read please, my please, please. We're, we're desperate for <laughs> for Facebook likes and, <laughs> and subscriptions. <laughs> I, I'm gonna start posting pictures of my bikini body. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my influence my influence ease will think if you don't love my show. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so that's the idea that we're playing with here, right? It's, yes. Uh, TV ratings, because also remember Richard O'Brien is is uh, is from you know either England or, or Ireland. I to be honest with you, I don't know. I know Patricia Quinn's Irish. Um, Nell Campbell is Australian, I think, but he's he's British, I think. Um, maybe Irish, but probably British. He he knows that the UK much like the United States has a very interesting relationship with celebrity power. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, geez, how much, I mean, we get inundated with stuff about the Royal family over here. They don't mean anything to us. Imagine how much more they get over there that just falls off the face of the earth on its trip from the UK across the Atlantic to here. Um, so like we, we find ourselves getting very wrapped up with like my mom loves reading like the tabloids. So he, she knows it's, 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 it's not real, but like, <laughs> she, but she loves reading like stuff like people and us weekly and all of that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they're just like us who wore it best. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah. 15 things you won't believe about Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. He's I just bo- like he's just like us. Uh, he's not just like nope. he gets to play bongos naked. He's just, I want to play bongos he's, naked. He is just exactly like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you call and, unique. And, and God bless him for that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so like you're you're still dealing with like these ideas of like fame and fortune, less fortune, more the fame your fame equals your self-worth yeah this is interesting this yeah i mean so i i this is just a quick tangent i just watched um highwaymen last night which is this movie with kevin costner and woody harrelson where they're tracking bonnie and clyde right 
Oh yeah. And it, it's it's a pretty okay movie, you know. It's not going to blow your mind, but it's um it's a it's a fun, interesting movie about that situation, and it, it's it's a lot of what they talk about or what kind of runs through that movie is this idea of the celebrity of Bonnie and Clyde. Right. And there's a line in it at one point that Woody Harrelson says um, used to be you got in the press for doing something important. Now all you have to do is shoot someone. Yeah. Right. And there's that whole idea of of infamy and importance and fame and um, credits, I guess. Right. Um, right. Or, well, why, why do people who get captured for killing two or three people kind of want to take credit for a dozen more people yeah you know yeah and then there it is right yeah. there there's this connection to um it doesn't really matter what you're famous for as long as you're famous right and that's a pretty a pretty common kind of theme in a lot of satire like this but yeah. but i think it's it's kind of true it's it's right. why a lot of times um there's this movement it should have happened a long time ago to not print the names of of the mass shooter shooters and not, not oh, give yeah. them the, you know, don't show their, their photographs. You know, the, the less we, we give them attention, maybe the, the, the less we'll have of this moving forward because there isn't anything to gain as far as notoriety. It was just a lifetime in prison. Right. However long that will be now, depending on the state you're in. Now it doesn't necessarily, I mean, I think there's, there could be an incorrect correlation there between, um, uh, the mental health of some of these people um, and or their, their motivations beyond just like, I don't think it's just linked to, I want to be famous. Like, well, it, it's probably narcissism. Yeah, but right. Yeah. And I think that it feeds it. Right. Right. Sure. It's one piece of the, of the puzzle. Right. And, and, you know, in here also like the, the feeding of, of, of Janet's ego uh, you know, really just kind of comes from the fact that she's a bored housewife who gets fond over. Yeah. And then they just fan those flames. Yep. It's, it's super, if you want, I mean, you want to make friends with somebody, fawn over them a little bit. Yeah. That's, this, that's basic human psychology there. I mean, it's, you know, it's like everybody wants to feel special. Everybody wants to feel liked yep. and everybody wants to feel like they are important um whether it's to one or to many so you know that's how they kind of get her that way you know and so like they just kind of fan those flames of you know basically what brad had done previously before their whole adventures basically started with in rocky horror picture show so she was feeling that again and so she kind of buys into it a little bit more um it's funny that to a certain extent, it takes a little bit more for her parents, even though her dad thinks that Brad is a weirdo. Yeah, what you've her, got, what you've got is a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and her mom at one point even says to somebody, "It's like, oh, I've you know because he was an orphan, I was always worried that he was not mentally healthy or whatever, right? You know, and but they still kind of stick with Brad for a little bit until." Well, until they realize that their daughter is famous now, you know, that, that everybody in town loves her. So, yeah, fuck Brad, you know, get, get right. him out of here. Well, that, well, it becomes the the their chance to ride someone's coattails. Right. Because they're caught up in the same 
in the same hysteria everyone else is of of this this obsession with with being seen and liked and well and also upholding a certain purity um you know because like for the the mom wants to be uh, like you constantly see the mom sewing clothes um you see the dad constantly doing things that men should do right you know so it's the it's the upkeep of of the the uh, the image you okay. know of what, yeah. of what they should be um and they so they get kind of wrapped up in the idea that well we're more liked because we're the you know the the our progeny is now well liked and yeah, but so. but then is there is there an opportunity to push that their agenda their their the the purity that they have of of the things that they believe in? Well, in a way, that's what it ultimately comes down to, right? Farley Flavors wants there to be mental health equals some moral purity, right? Which, of course, the stronger you appear, much like the the dad character. He's very iron, like he's very iron skinned, you know, and iron clad. And he's, you know, he, he he's he doesn't really have anything nice to say until the end to about anybody. Like, you know, it's like he he's he's the the typical macho or machismo facade, you know, that um but men it, don't show those feelings and so forth so he he feels like he's in the right now because yeah. the idea is, is that th- whatever is deemed mentally correct is going to favor him probably mm. probably yeah because whenever you start talking about mental purity um but that's so yeah that's, that's where i think this movie gets murky for me is in Beyond the ambitions or beyond the intentions of just taking Janet from Brad, which at a primal, basic human level makes sense, right? Well, it's Jessica Harper. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even even when it was young Susan Sarandon. Yeah. I, I mean, I, w- I would go super villain TV magnet slash dictator for, for Jessica Harper. Okay. Wow. Even, wow. Throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah. I mean, even today. Wow. Yeah, she's beautiful. Wow. I love Here Jessica. We go. <laughs> but um, wow, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stand against you probably. In the you end. might, but <laughs> but I'm not so sure I'm in for this dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, Shit! I tangented my own tangent into yeah, a dead we end. Yeah, we did that. We did that. We do that right into a dead end. Right into a dead Boom. end. Boom. Um, no, you were talking about like the the um, the opportunity for his for oh, you're talking about like Farley flavors, basically. Uh, oh yes, I, I was talking about um, not really understanding his further intentions. Oh, about beyond taking, beyond. Yeah. Just getting Jessica Harper, yeah, getting Janet. Um, I it, it did. Well, he was mentally in, insane too. I sure, mean, yeah. So, so maybe part of it is just justifying his own mental condition. Well, he was he was justifying his own uh, jealousy and pride. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, which is that? Be- I mean, jealousy probably of all of the of the quote unquote seven deadly sins is the one that that really does lead to mental problem which one which one Pride? jealousy jealousy yeah probably more likely jealousy will create 
mental instability quicker than most others. He's definitely narcissistic and jealous. Yeah. 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 Um, but so, okay. So basically the whole movie at this point is now built around the idea that, that we're going to make, uh, Janet the, uh, the, 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 the star that, that this guy thinks she is Farley thinks she is basically because he's just jealous of his brother and we're going to lock up my brother forever and he's just and I'll have the girl and, he'll and everyone be, will forget about and Brad. everybody will forget about him and he will yeah. basically wither and die in a cell. Yeah. Um. So in order to kind of help further this, of course, he has uh, Birchnick, who is a lot bigger part of Denton than you think, because uh, I mean, like he's got a direct uh, he's got a direct line to flavors Yeah. that even um, the McKinley's don't have. Uh, because they they're being basically told what to do, and they just have to do what they're, they're yeah told pretty, to do. Pretty much, Bert is second in charge. Kind of, yeah. Of Denton, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, ultimately, yeah. Um, even above the uh, the uh, the evangelist, yeah, guy. Uh, but the um, so the McKinleys become an important part of this because they're basically going to be administering the treatment to Brad. And uh, a couple of people that had a show that gets the 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 plug pulled on uh, basically are starting to question, like, what is going on in this town? Something doesn't feel because we've just been thrown out like, you know, we're seemingly liked people, but we've been thrown out. And uh, they discover that uh, Cosmo and Nation McKinley are. um just actors they're not even they're not even mental health professionals at all right they're just character actors yeah and that they've they've gone by other names like coolidge that was another former president name and there was a couple of others but um so basically this is all just a big manipulation plan not just to get the girl but here's where i think to answer your question what's flavor's next step well he wants the whole town under his control so basically he convinces the entire town to get checked into Denton Vale, which is the yes. the, the the soap opera uh, mental hospital of <laughs> Denton. <laughs> yes. So basically, he he manipulates those people into basically checking themselves in and forever staying and being kind of just controlled at that and, point. And I mean, like yeah, it's 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 sort of like half. Um half social experiment or, or yeah i guess social experiment half just straight up you know fascism um that he's he's able to manipulate the people via media to the point where they're lining up to they're check lining up, up to check themselves into this mental hospital and never be seen from again basically yeah, yeah. because it's almost like when he when he's successful in this endeavor the the rest of the hive if if they're following his programming, will forget about them, but not forget about. Maybe it's not. They won't forget about. How am I trying to put this? They won't suspect that this thing is continually harmful. Right. Does that well, make sense? It, right. It's yeah. It's a uh, it's a Trojan horse. Yeah, but it keeps working. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so, so the mind control is 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 very effective, right? And it's and it's there's nothing sci-fi about it. It's just 
again the cult of personality right it's it's uh, all it's, it's all personality and um, medium and manipulation yep yep and so the um well and the other thing also is is that if these people all follow him this far he is getting the love that he thought he needed or wanted yeah he's maybe not getting it from jessica harper but he's getting it from the rest of the town so but it's working on her too but he but the the whole town signs up for mental health after they set her up to be the picture of mental health yeah only for brad to basically return and try yeah. to they they have that really cool uh musical number where they're fighting over each other in their minds they have a song fight in their heads yes it's amazing yeah and so, but basically, you know, uh, Janet's like, well, no, Brad's the one that, that I want to be with. I want him to be better better, so that we can be better. Yeah. And basically, he, he banishes her at that point. And then he's like, all right, everybody. What, is the, what do they chant? Just out. Out. out yeah. Out. They basically <laughs> take her, uh, Brad, and the uh, the judge, who is the, the um, Charles. Um, oh, shit. The uh, the guy, yeah, the the judge and the, and his wife who had well, the no, show. it's not his wife. Oh it's, yeah, that's right. His, she, it was his co-host, right? But they she kind of has fallen for him. Well, she's trying to get back at the evangelist guy right. who was her right, husband, right, right, right. Who's in love with his co-host? Yes, they get yeah. banished. Brad and Janet get banished. Yeah, um, but they first get locked up. Yes, yeah, so they get locked up so that everybody can go off and get signed up for for shock treatment, right. essentially. Yeah, and um. But and it's like a party too. They're oh, so it's excited. a party. Everybody's even, excited. Even, even the police officer who's supposed to guard them can't keep can't help himself from following the crowd. Right, right. Um, but no, in the end, it's uh, it's basically just uh, meant to be. Uh, well, you know, I didn't get her, but I got this whole town. So right, he's get he's getting multiples of love. It now. still worked. Right, it still worked. Yep. Um, you know what I love about this movie more than anything is that uh what was the name of the band something bits or something oh, drill in the bits yeah like alex drill in the bits it was the um hang on a second here i can tell you um oh damn it i don't think it's in this uh, but yeah something, something drill in the bits something yeah. drill in the bits so i'm gonna just say alex drill in the bits um they uh oscar drill oscar drill in the bits they 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 <clears throat> they're like fuck this town too yeah no reason. They have no reason to. Well, they're a rock and roll band. They yeah. they have no affiliation to that. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like we're gone. <clears throat> so like the punk band, I love it because yeah. they're they're basically a punk band. Right. They're, they are thumbing their their anarchic. They're, they're like, they're, I we're we're with them. We're right. we're fucking out of this town too. <laughs> well, because the, because they actually did love Janet. Yeah. You know, they were her backup band, and they actually did like her. There was like a loyalty, I guess. There. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was hilarious and awesome. So, anyway, uh, Charles Gray—that was the name I was trying to think. I can't believe it—he played Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. Anyway, oh wow, yeah, yeah, he was the final Blofeld. Um, so I, I think at this point, you know, it's like this is this is a movie that's covering a lot of not only oppression but also long-standing ideas of what celebrity means to somebody what it means to uh what what that influence is yeah i think you know it taps into the human psyche very um uh surgically 
Mm-hmm. It, it really it, well there's a whole song that's about uh look what i did for my id yeah, yeah. right <laughs> it it's it, it's it just is so specific to to human need right and, and and exploiting that and and you know applying it to what made sense at the time which is television but that idea is really going to persist through all of human civilization i mean it can it persists all the way back through human history right um, it's not like a new idea, but it's so perfectly encapsulated in this movie that it could apply in any generation. Right. Yeah, no, it, it yeah, because I think that, yeah, you hit it right on the head there because it, it really is about the way somebody is going to become famous is going to change over time. Right. You know, it's today it's internet fame. Right. Uh, tomorrow it may be, I don't it's, know, it's, virtual it's, reality. Virtual thing. reality, yeah, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's hard to predict well, that, it, right? It, well, I mean, in a way, it could become Ready Player One, right? Right. Where people are, are putting on a different facade, Yep. and that's what they're known as. I uh-huh. mean, like... I mean, people are already known as their gamer tags and their, and their, um, their avatars handles. and their handles. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, who know? We don't even know what the next thing is. Like, you know, I mean, it's um, future be scary, yo. Future be scary, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's talk about the music. I mean, yeah. this is a musical. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Actually. Yeah, it's like, well, wait a minute, we haven't really talked about the music. I really like the music in this. I do too. Um, I I especially love uh, the shock treatment song uh-huh. and the lullaby song yeah uh i like the theme too the denton anthem oh yeah i yeah. like that because it, it, it's it's a um well it's bullshit yeah all of it is bullshit none of that means anything unless you are part of denton you know it's like uh if you're not if you're not committed to the town they don't have any use for you yeah you know, so it's like it's, it's so in a way it helps set that tone that you have to be ideal. Well, you yeah, it's interesting because they make a point of say that they accept all ethnicities, but there's still like a xenophobia yeah. about who they are because as long as you're one of us, it doesn't matter who you are, but you better be one of us, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, I mean, it, the, the tone is set right after that song when uh, the lady, uh, Betty Hapshat asks uh <laughs> what a the great judge name. yeah ask the judge um charles gray is like so what you know what do you, think, you think of our, of our nash or, or, or anthem, did yeah. you like our anthem he's like, in a way yeah you know and it's like yeah he sees through the manipulate and he's the one who ultimately breaks uh you know uh, breaks brad out to save janet you know it's like he is he cuts through that that kind of uh that fog you know yeah. and and betty doesn't break through that with him until they're canceled right you know because she she is like oh look at you and your conspiracy theories or whatever because he's he's questioning it's like whatever happened to those people who were never seen again after their show was right you know it's like almost like they were th- thrown out back and shot like a <laughs> broken down horse or something you know but um so she thought he was crazy until it happened to them uh, so, you know, they become kind of the major, uh, the force behind saving the day for the characters that mean the most in this movie. Oh, one thing more before we talk about the songs, the music, 
or more about the songs and music um it just occurred to me that this is sort of also prescient of like medical uh celebrities dr oz and shit yeah yeah because yeah, the i mean that's kind of what Bert Schnick is. Yeah. Is just, uh, he, he has a talk show, basically. What's your problem? I mean, that's... A, it's, and then he takes them to the to the, to the the boot camp that is the, the McKinley's. I mean, it's it's still sort of an old idea, too, though, like like the um, uh, snake oil salesman, oh, right? Sure. But, but yes, I mean, this is very much the idea of, you know... Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil. Yeah. I mean, like, Dr. Phil especially is known for breaking somebody down right right to their face yeah you know and it's like i mean that's essentially what schnick is doing and and also and also presenting themselves as experts in fields that they don't have it's it's two degrees in it's two they're they're, they use doctor to be this all-encompassing like like trust me i'm a doctor trust me i'm a doctor that's exactly exactly how this trailer worked was that uh, it, it's it's uh, Richard O'Brien basically saying, well, it says it on the cover of the DVD, trust me, I'm a doctor. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's, uh, don't worry, we know what's best for you. Yeah. And we'll fix you, quote unquote, for public, uh, uh, um, to be, uh, to be uh, I guess, accepted. Yeah. You know, public acceptance. Yeah. Um, and it's. Um, and we'll do it on television. Well, no, yeah, we'll even make you famous while yep. we're at. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Right. Exactly. And, and, and of course, these people are going to feel better, are going are going to feel some sort of uh, endorphin rush or some sort of positive well, thing what, because because they're getting all this attention. Well, that's exactly Janet's role. In right. This. And then it, what happens when that attention goes away? You you fall farther down than where you well, were you before. Become, right. You become. You're worse than falling down. And being once famous, you're forgotten. Yeah, and it's like a withdrawal from a strong drug, right? I mean, it's it's that you know you weren't great before, but now you're really bad. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the the music again. I mean, each and every one of these songs is very um, lullaby is the only slow paced song in this movie, but it, it comes at a really important, like almost halfway point. Yeah. Uh, where basically has my favorite joke of the movie too. Oh god, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute. But because um, that scene also is probably my favorite visual of the movie. Um, but the I, I think I my second favorite visual. My first favorite visual is when um, Doctor Cosmo is holding up the full length mirror. Oh yeah, that's cool his too. Head and it's Jessica Harper's reflection. Yeah, and he's oh. and he's stroking like he's, base, essentially he's stroking stroking her, her shoulders. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. fucking good because yeah. he's talking about making her desirable. Right. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really uh, good. Yeah. That's that's some good stuff. Uh, this movie I think is shot better than 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 the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's probably the advantage of making a movie. Uh, what five or six years after. The, the first one sure yeah um but the um but no the the lullaby scene is it's all set up you're looking in the windows basically betty and the judge are spying on people to try to get information and so they're basically sitting outside what basically on a catwalk yeah and um they are basically trying to view into these windows of like this indoor apartment and it's all one long shot because it, it goes from one window to the next and different people have moments in their in the song to you know uh, to to sing the their sing. part. Yep. And as it keeps passing back and <laughs> forth on uh, on um, 
Schnick yep. and Barry Humphreys. He's just sitting there on his bed, like staring just, out the window with his with his blind uh, visors on. Yeah, his shades, just staring out the window. Yeah, and he's he's just kind of got like a dumb look on his face, <laughs> and, and he, it keeps it keeps that even the next morning he's still sitting there. <laughs> 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 that pays off that that definitely pays off and it you know but um there there are big musical numbers i'm not surprised that that this uh just recently got turned into a stage play oh wow um because it is very it, it's it's it, because they're filming in a sound stage then they basically turned it into what looks like a stage play i mean it would be perfect for the stage right yeah um it was richard o'brien that was the person who held that up for like 25 years or 35 years before he the finally, really yeah why i wonder he is not very proud of this he he huh. uh, he i think he didn't get enough likes yeah i guess not he, he i think he was frustrated with all the rewrites and stuff and then by the time it got to making the movie i think he felt like he was not giving it everything he could have. like he is definitely much more over the top as riffraff and yeah in rocky horror but he does uh, but see, his songs in this, I think, are better. I think his songs are better, too. I can see where maybe he didn't care for his performances as much, but... He uh, can't be riffraff. Right. He and he and Patricia Quinn cannot be those house servants that they were, and, and they have to be more under understated, I think, in this. Yeah. Because they're, because they're at the end of the day, they're the biggest... Uh, they're, they're the biggest con men of the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know it's like they can't call attention to themselves yeah i thought i thought he was i thought he was fine um i thought bert schnick was hilarious i thought most <laughs> of the performances are good um i i do have one quibble with my girlfriend Uh oh yeah and she, this she, the same thing happens in phantom of, of the paradise where i don't feel like she plays the um the uh the conceited star as well as she plays the innocent, yeah. That I think we're getting wrapped up in her looks there because she does not look like. Yeah, she, she can't. I don't ever think of her as having a face that looks like she can switch on a bitchy that. look. It could be that, like yeah. it, 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 in *Phantom of the Paradise* and in this uh, shock treatment, that she has a similar arc where she's a nobody who is sort of stuck and then is um, discovered yeah. and thrust into fame, and it goes to her head. And she gets wrapped up in herself, right? And and when that happens in both of those movies, I don't believe her performance as much. And uh, I don't know if it's just an, she's uncomfortable with that, um, with portraying that, or what. But she's much better in the run up and in the come down from sure. from when she is at sort of the the peak of her celebrity in both movies. I can yeah, I I mean I I see where you're coming from there. Um but there is a moment where it sort of peaks. Like I think in Phantom of the Paradise it's when she auditions. Yeah. And she dances off the stage like so good in that scene, right? Mm -hmm. But then she's kind of from there she's sort of like I don't know, maybe it's just bad storytelling too. It's like too big of a jump. Oh sure. From from I'm confident in myself to I'm totally wrapped up in myself. Well, the moment in this movie is when she gets the little black dress, right? Uh, which has another great song too, right? Uh, and that that's got your favorite shot yep. with the right. And so um, the other thing I like about that is that when they give her that dress, they paint her face differently. Uh -huh. She looks soulless, yeah, because she just has like this pale face with 
you know, like with the makeup and what, but, but, but they, they powder her face, um, much the same way that, that, that the Snick character is powdered. And so yeah. basically she's become a shell of herself. I think too, I, now that I'm, now we're talking this through that I don't know if it's deliberate on her part in both movies, but it all, it really kind of works because it still shows that it's going to her head, but she's uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> or, or well, she keeps asking <clears throat> to see Brad forever and ever and ever. Even after right. she becomes famous, she's right. like, but it's, it, it, they still have to manipulate her to say, well, you, he is, he well, they're is, still drugging her the whole movie well, too. True, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they basically say that, well, you know, he he's showing improvement because you're becoming so famous or right. And, and sanity that, is vanity. Right. And so she's she has to play that up. Right. Where she basically just comes in and it's like, Let me tell you how fabulous I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I could see I could see where uh, maybe not totally understanding the nuance of the role could affect your performance. But maybe I'm just totally wrong, and maybe it just 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 works. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, I can. I, I mean, I mean, there are times when I feel like um, some of the performances out other uh, elsewhere are wooden as well, like um, the judge. Well, that's Charles Gray. I know, and it's very flat, very wooden. Um, his compatriot is, nobody is much is, better than him. Nobody is having the fun. That that Clifton Young's having. Yes, that is true <laughs> as hell. That guy, that guy is all in on this movie. That is very true. Yeah, and 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 and, and the guy who plays uh, Bert. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Barry all Humphreys. in. He's yeah. absolutely all in. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. He's an over the top flamboyant yeah. actor. You yeah. know. So yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I. This is this soundtrack you can listen to on uh, Google Play. Um, people have it on on YouTube. If you're a record collector, I see this out in the wild all the time, and I'll be, I've got I'll, one. I'll be picking it up next time I see it. Um, yeah, I've got one. Yeah, um, it's uh, no, it's it. it There's songs that you don't have to. Not every so the best songs on that on that soundtrack, and probably more than half of them, you don't really need to know the reference or or what is happening in the movie to hear that song um, and, and to enjoy that song. Like particularly um, uh, lullaby shock treatment. Those are, you know, those are songs that kind of play uh, without the need of knowing the movie. Oh, I really like this. It's kind of like time warp, you know, time warp. you don't need to know the movie to know. I mean, I, I heard that song before I saw the movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, much like uh, my favorite song from Rocky horror, which is the science fiction double feature. Uh-huh. Uh, that's uh i mean i don't i don't need to see the 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 movie to to understand what that song is saying yeah yeah the love letter to science fiction and horror of the of the 50s the um the quirky song i like really quirky song i like in uh shock treatment because they're all kind of quirky is uh the one before brad is committed right before he's committed that they, oh the yeah that um, they have to kind of it's it's bitching like, in the kitchen bitching in the kitchen yeah. yeah that song is hilarious yeah that song's great because it, it's it's just it shows where they are in a relationship you know it's like and they're it's they're of, lost and it's kind of like a Rorschach test yeah 
that they have to improvise. They have to improvise through the song of image of of products that they're being shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's it's, great. it's a cool. That's a good. That's song. a cool song and yeah. cool scene. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, because they're like basically singing to these products. That, yeah, like well, like almost like what somebody would do when they're just kind of lost. Anyway, it's like they just go into the kitchen and like. Hey toaster, what's going on here, man? <laughs> Talking to your appliances. Yeah, yeah, it's like, come on, man. What, where am I at here? It's like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, any final thoughts on the shock treatment? Um, I I would like to not end on criticizing my girlfriend. Because the last good thing I said about her, I criticized her. I I love Jessica Harper's voice. Oh yeah, is it her voice on the soundtrack? Yes, fucking a, that is awesome. <laughs> I love her voice. No, it, it, it's it's the it's directly from the movie. Like even dialogue bits too. Excellent. Uh, that surround them. Yeah, that is excellent. I I think she could have made a really interesting like alt country singer. Oh sure. Like man, she's got a sort of like a natural twang in her voice uh especially when she goes low yeah uh yeah 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 she's and, and, and she's she could hit some bluesy registers too sure. yeah yeah she's uh, well and sometimes she gets uh <laughs> she gets a little uh what would they call that um she has a little growl yes to it. yes yeah. exactly yeah yeah but yes that's my that's my final thought on, right. on jessica harper i really like this movie i'm glad you liked it too. i did i did like it um yeah it's 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 a fun <laughs> flick it's one that uh, I mean, like you, you always hear is like, oh, well, you know, it's like, oh, that's the sequel. It's, it's the, it doesn't have Frank and Furter and it doesn't have Tim Curry. Everybody is pretty much obsessed with Tim Curry. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it has to do with with Rocky Horror. Quite honestly, I think Richard O'Brien is my favorite part of both of these movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's such a driving force to Rocky Horror anyway. Right. Um, I think he's great at writing songs. Um, and he just, he has a, um, he has a presence about him that I like. Um, and he's been in several other things. I mean, he was in Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's, he's, he's done some stuff that I've, you know, done some things. He's done some things I've appreciated. (laughs) Uh, but, um, no, this is, I mean, this isn't like under the cherry moon, the sequel to purple rain. That's just, Oh, I've never seen that. I haven't either, but it's got. It has always had a terrible reputation. Yeah, yeah. And um, this movie, I mean, Roger Ebert, his criticism of this movie was that the Rocky Horror fans would reject this. That's not a criticism. I know, right? I don't get it sometimes with him. You know, because it's like, right, he basically, it's like, I don't think people will accept this like they do their fan favorite movie. So it's probably so basically it's saying like I guess it's not that good, that but that doesn't make sense. any sense. Yeah. Uh, again, it's accounting for taste, right? right? I mean, yes, you don't you don't understand the the intricacies of gender and why that movie is important to people, and I mean you you don't get it, but you're shut you're, up, <laughs> shut up. I was taking a drink of my of my of my diet I cherry. Was for I was taking tank. a drink of my diet cherry color, and I wasn't quite listening. To what Jeff was saying to me, I was looking for. He was looking right at me, (laughs) and luckily I swallowed before. Whoa, whoa! whoa. I guess you do get it then. Before I realized (laughs) what the hell he was saying. (laughs) But yes, everything is true. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's exactly right. I I cannot I cannot cannot like Rocky Horror Picture Show because I'm a bigot. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. That's why there I don't it is, like folks. it. Yep. And there here it is. it is. You heard it here first. Wow. Man, you we can't all be as progressive <laughs> as I am. <laughs> uh but isn't that the truth though? Isn't that sad that that is some people would would say that. They would literally say it's just a weirdo wearing garter belts and shit. Right. You know? That oh, you don't like Rocky Horror, you must not be an ally or whatever. Right? Oh, sure, sure. That's oh, what I, I mean. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's right. not that at all. I mean, yeah. obviously. Well, it's there, not, but, I mean, but for some people, the world is black and white. Right. You it's know. just taste. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. This movie, though, uh, I think is deserving of its of its uh, of its. Um, critical uh reevaluations that it's, it's received over the past 35 years um 35 plus years um but yeah I, I i mean i like when i am able to it was sort of like head yeah right or i kind of get to discover this sort of weirdo movie 35 years after it's made and in the case of head it was like 50, 50 years right mm-hmm. um and that it can still kind of like burrow into me yeah, and find a place well, that it's, it's gonna it, live and grow. There, there's timeless elements to both yeah. these movies. You know, it's um, that's why I sometimes think, they don't work for me, like Yellow Submarine, for instance. But <laughs> what are you gonna do? Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I figured though that you would have probably liked Head more anyway. Um, yeah, it's um, the I. I I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, this movie is going to have immediate strikes against it because it's not, it, it's the sequel or it's right. the unknown sequel to a beloved movie. It's, there's a preconception that, uh, that someone might go into. There's an expectation of some of the bonker stuff in the other one that's just not here. It's, right. it's different. It's, it's reconfigured it's here. It's very different. And um, in, in a lot of ways, it's it's more sinister. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's about manipulating whole swaths of people. Yeah. Not liberating a handful of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a completely different, it's, it's about control, not, or it's about somebody trying to control others instead of somebody trying to liberate. Yeah. 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 And that, and that is the difference here. And it's, but, um, what maybe didn't work out so well in 1981 means an awful lot more in 19 in, in 2019 yeah or um you know so yeah i mean it's it, it's a it's a unique movie should we talk before we wrap about um you mentioned I, i'm kind of intrigued by this like it's marketing and it's rollout yeah it was released in theaters so it was released uh it played one night only but it played in multiple cities one night yes. only okay Halloween Night at Midnight, which was also a, a very common night that Rocky Horror's play. I mean, Flicks on the North Side plays Rocky Horror every Halloween. That's a common right. It's a, it's a common day to play Rocky Horror. Uh, so they were trying to recapture the Midnight Show. I think the thought was it'll catch on like this if we see decent returns from it. We'll expand it. Expand it. The problem is though is that. There's a reason why those midnight shows work for Rocky Horror. It's it's the idea of, you know, coming out at night 
you know, like they, they only come out at night sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it's an idea that, that it's, it's, you don't have to deal with the public to enjoy something that you hold very dear. Um, right. a new movie ain't going to have that. Well, it, it's, it has a built in community, but it doesn't have a built in, um, appreciation. Appreciation. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, Midnight shows for big blockbusters can work. Um, they could, they could honestly, they could have released Avengers Endgame any way they wanted. Could have released it at two thirty in the morning, and people would have shown up. It would have sold out. It would have sold out. Yeah, uh, they could have, re- they could have released it one day only for the next six months. You know, you, you can see it today. Or you have to wait six months, <laughs> and it would have it would have sold out. It would have sold out. Yeah, and, and people because that's that's a different appreciation for cult classics become cult classics after time right. of receiving appreciation, not instantly. Well, it's sort of like it's a somewhat bad analogy, or yeah, bad analogy, but it's kind of like um, <laughs> you know the room. Yeah. Has this midnight following now, you know, uh, sort of the midnight movie appreciation. And I don't know that it sells out most places anymore. It might. <clears throat> but but releasing Best Fiend or whatever the hell that movie, <laughs> that movie is called at midnight. If I would have done that, is I would have punched people. The theater you were at, how many people were there? Sold fucking out. It was sold out. Well, maybe, but that was at maybe, 7 o'clock, though. But still, damn. I mean, I don't know. But again. That's hard to believe. <sighs> Don't remind me. I know we've been through this, but that I, well, maybe it is a terrible analogy then, because that fucking sold out. It wasn't at midnight, but it still sold out. Well, that's why I said everybody in here sucks or whatever. <laughs> I said. You're all stupid. You're all flipped them off yeah. before you walked out. <laughs> I am not that way. I man. wish I could have seen. I'm that. not that way. I, you know? It would have probably been my favorite thing I ever saw you do. <laughs> And I'm really sad that I that I missed it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was so angry there. Anyway, anyway, I'm better now. You're better. You're you're you have had a little. I, bit I of had that. a little shock. You had a little bit of that shock treatment. Yeah, a little bit the, of the, the McKinleys helped me out. <laughs> <laughs> Character actors. <laughs> All right. So uh, next week, um, I don't know. We've got something next week. I think it's. Um, <laughs> uh, i think it's cemetery man oh it might be it is it is cemetery man. excellent yeah so uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go from one weirdo movie to another to another exactly but we got italian weirdo oh now. yeah it's yeah. a whole nother level of weird oh boy <laughs> uh, but no if you get a chance to see this uh definitely check it out um there is not a particularly great release here in the united states there's always uh, every home video release has had some audio fuck up in it's it. It's really disappointing. Um, Arrow did release it in the UK. So I know we have a few listeners in the UK. Sure. Uh, if you are curious about it, I'm sure you can get that relatively easily. It was released a couple of years ago. Is that PAL only? Yeah. That sucks. It's not been released here. But Arrow does that and sometimes makes me mad. Makes me mad to Arrow. Made. Release it. Oh, they probably just don't have the... American distribution Probably. rights. They, oh, God, either that, or either that, or they don't think that that it's worth it to release here. Oh, I think they'd release it here. Um, I think maybe maybe part of it is is 20th Century Fox, and who knows who owns it now. That's true. Yeah. Could anyway, that be a Disney property now. Yeah. Holy shit. Jessica Harper is now a Disney princess. 
Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to tweet her that. <laughs> She'll get a kick out of that. <laughs> you guys have a closer connection than just fan I li- and... I listen to her podcast. <laughs> We're going to have a talk because you said something to me this morning that now you can just turn that you can turn that mirror onto yourself. Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> you think there's something more going on there than there is. <laughs> I need to break it to you. <laughs> All right. So uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Film Seizure. You can always catch our stuff at filmseizure.com. Yes. Wednesday mornings, episodes of Film Seizure. Monday afternoons, episodes of Monster Mondays. And sprinkled in there from time to time is film seizure at the movies when we got something new that we want to talk about. Yes. Um, Friday mornings, go over to bmovieanima.com and you can see what I did for my id over there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, see, yeah, I tied that That's back good. That's, That's good. good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, anyway, we uh, can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, even on the YouTubes. Um yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're scratching it out for for subscribes and likes. Whatever. Over man. on the YouTube's. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a page from Logan Paul's book of <laughs> of assholery and you're, go. You're gonna, gonna go to a to a Japanese forest and make fun of. People. I'm just gonna go to a local cemetery and point and laugh at people. Oh. <laughs> That's basically the same thing. Yeah. 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 That'll get me some likes. Yeah, yeah. It'll certainly put my name in the papers. I'm sure. Oh God, <laughs> man, is thrash. That guy, is that guy still the, a thing? Is he? Did he? I don't know. Did uh, he, are you still a thing? Did he Logan think Paul? himself out of being a thing? I think he's still a thing. Ugh, yeah. he's gross. Anyway. You're gross, dude. <laughs> All right. Until next week, when we go over to Italy and uh, take care of some returners. I am Jeff Arbuckle. I'm Jason Oliver, and you have been listening to Film Seizure. Just come to tell you how fabulous I am. <laughs>